Hello, and welcome to Seeds and Ways, a podcast. I'm the Reverend Dr. Cheryl A. Lindsay, Minister for Worship and Theology for the United Church of Christ. Today, I'm sharing my reflection, Filled from the Streets, based on Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14, which reads, Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, He noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe, and he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Filled from the streets. How do you compile a guest list? It might depend on the nature of the occasion or perhaps the depth of your budget. You may choose invitees based on your relationship to them or on their expertise and interest in the topic or theme of your event. Maybe you have received an invitation from them in the past and now want to return the courtesy. In any case, few of us would open up our doors and let anyone we could find into our gatherings and celebrations. Weddings are particularly special occasions. They mark a commitment between two parties to live life together. The moment inspires joyous celebration and encourages guests to bring their support for the marriage along with their gifts to the couple. It's not uncommon even today for the parental figures of one or both of the spouses to host the reception. Often the guest list holds as many of their circle as those of the new spouses. As Jesus uses the wedding banquet guest list as a metaphor for inclusion and welcome in the kingdom of God, it should not surprise us that he offended those who preferred invitations whose exclusivity indicated prestige, power, and privilege. But that's not how the kingdom works. It's filled from the streets. Jesus has shared a series of parables about the reign of God in an adversarial encounter with the religious leaders of his day. The acrimony simmers beneath the surface, but is clearly present and felt. The ministry and message of Jesus is disruptive and can be off-putting to those who have aligned themselves with the kingdoms of this world in manner and deed, if not in speech and word. Earlier in the gospel, Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, 
teaching human precepts as doctrines, Matthew 15, 8, and 9. Jesus uses these encounters to deconstruct those human precepts, to call his audience to faithful living according to God's will rather than human design. As Alejandro Durate articulates about Matthew's account, quote, the ethics of this gospel is not an ethics of principles to be implemented, but an ethics of response to the presence of God and Christ in my, our history, end quote. When asked about doctrine, Jesus tells a story. When questions on precepts, Jesus tells a story. The answers to questions about belief come not from commands, but from a story that demonstrates how human beings relate to God and to one another. Even as Jesus shares the greatest commandment to love God and your neighbor as yourself, it is in the context of a story. Following Jesus is not about what you believe, but how you relate. In this parable, a parent prepares a guest list of the usual suspects for their child's wedding feast. To their amazement, those invited do not show up. Equally surprising, the parent, who is also the monarch or ruler, sends a message to those guests to assure them how well they have prepared the banquet. They try to convince the guest to show up. It's an invitation, so the ruler attempts to convince the guest that they will enjoy themselves and be blessed by attending rather than using coercion or force. The invited guests treat the invitation with derision, contempt, and even violence. They do not participate. The ruler decides to open the doors by expanding from the list of favored guests to available and willing subjects. Anyone who can be found is invited to the biggest and best table the ruler has ever prepared. The wedding hall is full. At the same time, there's one among the new guests who shows up unadorned for the occasion. This one gets thrown out as the ruler is offended by their attire. The passage ends before we can observe the response of the religious rulers with whom Jesus shares the story. It does not take much imagination to know that they were not pleased. Quote, the point of the story is not lost on the Pharisees. They see they are identified with the guest who made light of the invitation and even mistreated and killed the messengers sent to invite them. They stand accused of persecuting and killing the prophets. They've missed their chance for a place at the Messianic banquet. Others have been invited in their stead." End quote, Anna Case Winters. Of course, this story is not just about these specific religious leaders. In some sense, Jesus is relaying the biblical history of the rejection of the law and the prophets and equating that with the rejection of his presence. The one who came to fulfill the law and was foretold by the prophets receives the same response. This story is about the human response to God's generous and persistent invitation to sit at their table and enjoy the feast of a covenantal relationship. Quote, the extraordinary shift in the parable is its ex transition from an exclusive party of invited guests to a party of invite everyone you find. This is consistent with the widening circle of inclusion that has been opening in the gospel. The banquet now taking place is not a banquet for the selected few, not for the social elite, not for the politically powerful, not for the religious insiders. These people have boycotted it. 
and now it has become a banquet for the people, outcasts and strangers. There's something quite shocking about the openness of the invitation, now yielding a hall filled with guests, end quote, Anna Case Winters. There's no litmus test for inclusion, nor seemingly any conditions on belonging. The ruler makes it clear that the good and the bad are equally welcome to participate. Apparently, the only requirement is that guests be dressed for the occasion. This is curious, as it seems incongruous to the ministry of Jesus and even the tenor and tone of the story. Why is the ruler so offended that this one guest does not have on the proper attire for a wedding? It has to be a metaphor. In a parable, after all, everything stands for something. What is the significance or representation made by the wedding robe or lack thereof? The ruler is astounded that this guest was able to gain entrance without it. Quote, while many interpreters have readily found judgment on Israel in 22, 1 through 10, they've been less happy about finding it extended to the wedding guest in the added scene of 22, 11 through 14. The debates are longstanding. Origen engaged the question of this display of God's rejecting anger. Luther called it a terrible gospel. The reverence for the requisite wedding robe has been debated. Initially, the dominant reading identified it with good works, particularly works of love, Augustine. Others, though, saw it as a baptism or Christ put on in baptism, Aquinas, or the Holy Spirit. The reformers, Zwigli, Luther, and Calvin, saw it as an active faith expressed in works of love. This church-centered reading of 22, 11 through 14 regards Israel's rejection, supposedly presented in 22, 1 through 10, as providing a warning to the church. End quote, Warren Carter. It would seem that this guest suffers from a condition not dissimilar to the first guest. The first guest didn't see the value in the invitation or desire to be in the company of the host. This guest wanted entry, but on their own terms. As Matt Woodley reminds us, throughout this gospel, Jesus has made it clear that we don't follow him on our terms. We don't come to him with our own choice of wedding garments, end quote. It's a cautionary tale for those of us convinced that we have found the most faithful and authentic articulation of the gospel or knowledge of the divine. It's a warning to remain humble and curious in our walk with God. It's a reminder that it is God who invites, God who makes space, and God who sets the terms. No matter how expansive or inclusive the invitation, it is still the Holy One's kingdom. That is both freeing and limiting. We don't establish our own guest list, but we are free to include anyone we may find searching for a meal and companionship. We are subject to the Creator's menu, but there's always enough manna, and the wine keeps getting better and better. We sit with our neighbors and friends, but we also share a table with our enemies. The invitation is special and personal to each of us and at the same time, filled from the streets. Thank you for joining me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can find the full sermon seats entry, including a suggested congregational response, quotes for further reflection, voices of African descent and the roadmap for the entire season on ucc.org. Sermon Seats also has a Facebook page where I do a weekly Facebook Live process video in preparation for the reflection and share updates and links 
for sermon seeds and worship ways. Follow us there and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. I pray that this tool provides a seed that will bear fruit in your faith community as you proclaim the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.